Hello, my friends. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Be the teacher that you needed, okay? I express this on every episode now because this is what this podcast is about now. Those lessons that maybe you wish you would have learned when you were 10, when you were 15, when you were 20 years old, something that you would have wished you would have learned way in the past that you didn't learn until later on in life. There's so many things that I've learned over the past couple of years that I wish I would have known when I was young. Man, it would have transformed my life at such a different age. And listen, I'm not saying that to blame people. I'm not saying that your, your teachers failed or your parents failed, the system failed, whatever. They just didn't know any better. But there's, there's no reason why you can't start learning now. We live in a new world. We live in a new time. We live in a time and space where you have the opportunity to create whatever you want because you have access in your hand. You have that phone in your hand with the world's information, histories, lessons, all of the greatest thinkers and uh, creators of our time, all of their information is in your hand, in your palm of your hand, and that technology. So use it to your advantage, please. You have about 80,000 thoughts per day, right? About 95 to 99% of those thoughts are old thoughts. They're repeating thoughts. You're using them over and over and over again. Those thoughts, some of them have been in there since you were a small child. Things you couldn't even uh, manage back then. Things you couldn't control back then are locked in your brain. So how do you get rid of that stuff? How do you change it? You need new teachers. You need new thoughts. You need a new template for your brain, for your thinking, okay? That's important. Think about that and try to apply that to every single part of your life getting new thoughts in, and getting the ones out that you know you don't need anymore. They're floating around in there. You know you don't need them. Listen, if you dig what I'm doing on here, please subscribe, rate, and review for the podcast. You can find me on any social platform. That is how I found Doug Rabel. Okay, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, Rob Z Radio. Twitter and Snapchat is Rob Z, or Rob Z Yo, yeah. And Doug, who is the Pittsburgh investor, he's at Pittsburgh investor on Instagram, Facebook is Pittsburgh Investor or Doug Rabel, R-A-I-B-L-E. You can find him on LinkedIn as well. So Doug is a great example. He's still young, man. He's still in his mid-20s, but he has taught himself so much, and I'm so impressed. I wish I would be where he is a decade ago in my life. Like It's amazing. So Doug has been investing in the stock market since he was 18 years old. He paid his college tuition off in cash each semester, and started multiple real estate companies in college. Man, teach that to some kids. He has completed over 100 real estate-related transactions and has been ranked amongst the top financial professionals in the country at a Fortune 100 firm. He has since co-founded a full-service financial firm, Sterling Heights Financial Group, LLC, and is building a business consulting and marketing brand as Pittsburgh Investor. He's powerful. Find him on Instagram, man. The guy has an awesome following, and he's he's, he's kicking ass. He's doing it, so find him. Uh, his goal is to create a one-stop shop platform for any small business, small to medium-sized business. He's featured in World Magazine as Pittsburgh's 20s. Oh, in Pittsburgh 20 of 2018. So he's in Pittsburgh's 20 of 2018. That's huge. I'm kind of jealous right now just reading that. I didn't know that information. And we've already had the conversation. So, dude, Doug, before we even get started, congratulations. Crazy. Crazy how well he's doing. Inspirational stuff. Speaking of inspirational stuff, DDP Yoga, the sponsor of this podcast. Okay, I take DDP Yoga. I do it myself. And I think you should do it as well, whether you think you need yoga or you don't need yoga. If you lift weights, if you exercise in any way, shape, or form, trust me, your body needs yoga. All right? You can go to ddpyoga.com. That's D-D-P, Diamond Dallas Page. He's an old professional wrestler from the 1990s. 
He's like over 60 years old now, and he can lift his leg over his head. I love the guy, and I love the program. If you go to the website, you can see the testimonials that he has up on there. You can see the people whose lives have been changed through DDP Yoga. And the reason he's a sponsor on the show is because his workouts have changed my life. He's taught me so much about my body through his program, through his app, which has hundreds and hundreds of workouts on it, through his meal plans, through his discipline. And I've never felt better after a workout. I, I, was, a, I was a weightlifter for over a decade. And I'd never get the high that I get after a DDP workout with any other workout. I, I'm telling you right now, you will feel amazing. Try it out for yourself. DDPyoga.com. Enough rambling, though. Let's get into the show. Let's do this thing with the Pittsburgh Investor. This is Rob Z Radio. Awesome. Welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Doug Rabel, thank you for being here today, my friend. Thank you for being a part of this. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, my man. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. So let's kick things off uh, like I always do, asking the big question, being the teacher that you needed. So back in the day, you know, what is something that you learned the past couple of years, something that's been really life-changing, business-changing, game-changing for you that you wish you would have known when you were maybe 10, 15, 20 years old? What would that thing be for you? So recently I learned a lot of lessons. They say that uh, failure teaches you the most. And I uh, had a lot of rough times here in the past couple of years that taught me a lot. Um, I would say that the one thing that I learned recently is not to necessarily trust everyone in business. So I'm kind of a generally positive person. I want to see the best in people. Um, I'm always looking for win-win opportunities working with people. Um, recently I had you know, the opportunity to learn that not everyone is what they say they are. Uh, you know, you're probably very well aware that with the internet, everyone is just a millionaire that has eight businesses and a Lamborghini now. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so you kind of have to vet people out very thoroughly now. Um, you know, especially when it comes down to partnerships, because it's not as easy as just clicking a button and getting out of something. It, it's, there's a legal process, there's reputations, there's money on the line. Um, so moving forward, I'm a big fan of partnerships and building multiple partnerships and businesses here in Pittsburgh. But I'm going to be super, super cautious on who I work with and just making sure that they really are what they're saying that they are. Uh, the next thing is to not get lazy when times are good. Um, so I've always kind of been a conservative person in business, you know, not over leveraging, not overextending and, uh, you know, just kind of coasting through and gradually increasing you know, each year. And when you take your foot off the brake or off the, off the gas, the trains go off the track pretty quickly and it's hard to get them going again. Uh, that, that is the other thing is uh, last year I kind of got to a point where um, in all honesty, I was basically retired that I, I really didn't need to leave my couch to pay my bills and have a decent income stream and, you know, a good standard of living. And then, you know, started out a couple of new ventures this year, which had me start a little bit from the ground floor again. And I, had to realize to get that hustle back. Mm. It's uh, it's one of those things that if you aren't consistently doing it, it's hard to get started again on that. Yeah, that's huge, right? I mean, that that first of all, congratulations that you were at a point where you could just kind of kick back and and collect the money. I mean, that's a yeah, that's, that's the you, American man. dream for sure. That's <laughs> that's pretty incredible. But you're you're totally right because there's always been that saying like if you're not moving forward, you're moving backward. And it's 100% true. Right. You, you really can't stand still. Standing still does not exist. If you're not moving forward, you are 
falling backward in in some way, shape, or form. So in that situation, I guess, you know, I think that's a really important lesson for people to learn is that you get to that point where you have maybe recurring revenue and you kind of have that uh, automated for yourself. You can get yep. pretty complacent, pretty lazy, pretty quickly. Is that is that what happened to you? And, and then I guess when you try to get back into the game, you try to get back and and get your footing and start something new. You're you're off your game because you've been because you set something up and it's been running for you without you really doing much for it. And yeah, that, that gets like you anything, out of your headspace. You, know, you, you get pampered a little bit, and then it's hard to go back to it. And things are just changing so quickly now with business and technology that if you're not in 100% every single day, it's so easy to get left behind. So it's one of those things like they say it's the small consistent things over time that make the difference. And that's 100% true is, you know, maybe just sleeping in a couple extra hours, I just kick myself in the butt. Like I just put myself two hours behind, right? Like it just really irritates me now is every single thing from your daily habits to doing the the tough little things consistently is that's what really makes the big impact long term. So talk about that a little bit, you know, daily rituals, talking about getting up, you know, when you, when you know you should get up and you know, you can lay around for a little while longer and, and, uh, and you can do that, but it is going to affect your day. It's going to affect your mindset. Right. So what are some of those daily ritual rituals you have, man? Some stuff that you practice on a regular basis that keeps you in the right mindset to move forward. Sure. So, I mean, ideally for me on a daily basis, I do like to, I actually am a big believer in getting enough sleep. I'm not the grind it out two hours a day. Like you get burned out really quickly and you're not going to perform at the level you need to be. So, I mean, for me, honestly, I try to get up around 730, eight o'clock to start the day. Um, I try to have a few meetings throughout the day, maybe a couple conference calls mixed in to where I'm pretty consistently busy. Now, some days you're just crazy working 14 hours straight, and some days you have literally nothing on the books. But I like that consistency. Um, that That's kind of a big thing for me. Also, I, I like to take a lot of time after the day. Um, once everything's done, um, I'm a big fan of going to the gym, just, you know, relieving stress, uh, you know, going there for a bit, coming home, and then just taking some time with no distractions and thinking, reading, watching, you know, some kind of educational content that'll help with my business and planning. Um, I think taking a little bit of time every single day is is really critical for building your business or, or really whatever you're working on, because we're so distracted throughout the day, right? Between phone calls and your phone and, you know, social media and your actual work. And, you know, it's just, it's really important to just take a little bit of time to yourself. And uh, at nighttime is when I found that I'm most creative, where I could just kind of let myself think and just have all these crazy ideas. And then I just plan, how can I actually implement them? And I, and I try to do that every single day if I can. I agree a hundred percent, man. I, I think the morning and the nighttime is when the, those creative juices are flowing. The morning, I seem to have a right. lot of, a lot of, uh, motivation in the morning. And at nighttime, I have a lot of like, it's just like my imagination. I can like get into stuff. I, I think because your day's over, right? You're, so you're not like worrying about anything during the day. It's like now my day's finished. I can sit down and like, that's when you can kind of plan and imagine and just and create, I guess, is the, the best way to put exactly. it. Exactly. You're actually using 100% of your focus because it's just so difficult throughout the day when, you know, you're tied up doing eight different things at once. Your brain can't really process that many things at once. Yeah. And honestly, man, saying that, like, uh, recently what I've been doing, which has been really helpful for me, is taking breaks during the day. Now, I know a lot of people don't have this luxury, depending on who's listening to this, but if you have the luxury either of having your own business or working for somebody who lets you take 
uh, maybe an extended period of time during the day to relax or to just mm-hmm. check out for a little bit. I found like that adds hours to my day, to my productivity. It adds hours of energy, and it just gives me a chance to. Because when you're working all day long and you're constantly in that state, like your your stress levels at a certain place, and if you can dip that down right. for a while during the day, that's been really beneficial for me. Do you do that at all? Like, is that something that you try to practice, or whenever you're in work mode, you're in work mode and you're just banging it out until it's done? So I'm I'm kind of of like the just get it done, but I also want to as soon as that is finished, mm-hmm. I do like to take a little break and just like kind of cool down and collect myself for a bit. So I have like the two parts. The one is like, I'm OCD, like this has to get done. I'm like super impatient. I have to have everything (laughs) totally done. But then once it is, I'm just like, okay, I could check out for a bit, kind of collect myself and, um, and then get back into it. And the one thing I noticed is, especially like later in the day, like maybe the four to 6 PM, even if you're trying to do anything in business, really no one is, is as active because maybe they're driving home from work or, or, you know, finishing up their day with their business, or maybe they're eating with the family or picking up the kids or something like that. So that time frame is actually where I try to take a, a decent break throughout the day, if mm-hmm. possible. Yeah, that's, that's good advice, too. That, that's very true. Now, as far as like, your mindset goes, so you like, you're you're doing your own thing, you've created your own thing. And I think a lot of people whether or not they are doing it, they want to do it, they want to get to that place. And I think that a lot of the issues might be that their mindset isn't in the right spot, their discipline isn't in the right spot, and that's something I had to learn from others. I had to learn through studying other people of how to like develop that sort of mindset to where, whenever you sure. don't, whenever you don't have a job, that uh, whenever you do have a job and you are working for somebody and they're telling you what to do, you don't have much to worry about because you just got to get done what you have to get done. When you start doing it on your yep. own. You have to create that for yourself. What's your mindset like? How was it when you were younger? Who gave you that mindset? How did you put that into practice? Who did you learn from? And uh, and how do you like implement that day to day? Sure. So yeah, there, there's just to- two totally different mindsets in people. And I think that you're kind of either born with it or you're not. And both are totally fine. You know, the, I know that super, super happy working their nine to five. You know, they come home to the family. Everything's good stress levels, you know, pretty average that they can contain that. And then I know people like myself that it drives me crazy if I don't have something to do and I'm constantly brainstorming and thinking of new ideas and want to, you know, implement this and try that. So um, I have always kind of been that way. I I started working when I was 15. I got my first job because I wanted to make my own money. Um, Then I was working a couple of jobs in high school. And that's when I really started to see the the time that and commitment that you have to when it comes from strictly working for your money. Like the second I stopped working, no more money was coming in. I mean, I was bringing in decent money for a kid, obviously, but um, when I got into investing and, and starting businesses in college is when I really learned that it's just not what I want. I, I didn't want to have a limitation on how much money I could make, but an unlimited time on how long I'd have to work. I wanted to flip flip the script and I wanted to have an unlimited income potential with a limited time to work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I started, you know, little businesses and stuff around the neighborhood when I was younger. Um, I started my first real estate business, uh, I think my sophomore year in college. So it's, you know, kind of been one of those things that I've done since a young age. And really the thing that keeps my mindset intact is this is what I love doing. This is like a game for me. I'm just constantly building. I'm painting my my painting. You know, it's it's my work of art, so to speak. 
And it, that's what makes it fun is like, it's never finished. It is what I want. I can create it however I want. And that's what makes it really special for me to kind of have that consistent motivation every day to keep pushing forward. That's really cool. And that's so important. So I think that, you know, if you're, if you're in something and you're in business and even if it's going well for you, even if you're making money and it's, and you're successful, if it's burning you out, if you're doing something and it's not giving you energy, like if it's not making you excited, but it is uh, helping you move forward monetarily, you know, if you're climbing the ladder, but you're burnt out sure. the whole time, it's really, that's not going to last and it's not a, a satisfying life. I mean, obviously that's something that you're only getting half the benefit of that, of that career. So with what you're doing, that's, the, you found like for you, the, the key, like that's the, that's the sweet spot is to be able to do something. It excites you. It, it, it sparks your creativity and it also gives you energy to move forward. So where, like you say, you feel like you're just, you're, you're, you're playing a game. Like your, exactly. your artwork, like that's, that's the peak. Like that's where everybody really ideally would want to be at. Is that something that, how did you find that? I'm curious on a practical level, man, like how throughout your life did you figure out that was the thing? Cause to figure that out, like in college is pretty rare. Like most people don't figure that out until later in life. So how did that work for you? Honestly, man, I got super lucky. That's all I could say is I, I found the things that I really enjoyed were um, like business, finance and, and psychology. And I really get to implement the three of those, whether it be, you know, managing money in the form of inv investments, it's literally a game of psychology as well as finance, right? And then business itself is working with people and understanding the psychology of humans and, you know, sales and uh, the financial aspect comes into play on the, you know, the company finances. But I just really enjoyed those things, um, you know, in high school and then in college, that's what I majored in. So I just happened to come across real estate as another business venture because um, I started investing in the stock market when I was 18 and I just became totally addicted. I was just like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And then I ran out of money to invest with because I also had to pay for my tuition. So, you know, it's not like I had $50,000 sitting aside that I could play with there. Um, so I just learned about real estate really by accident as another business venture that I could get into pretty easily. Um, and then just kind of expanded from there. Is anybody like your parents or anybody that you came up while you were growing up that helped you introduce you to the stock market or anything like that? But it was just something that you found on your own, something that you like, I mean, my, obviously everybody knows about it, but like, how did you get involved? Right. In it? So my, my dad is the uh, VP of finance at a credit union. Okay. So he came up, it's a little bit different in the credit union world as opposed to like the finance world, but he's always been pretty educated on that and, and understands the financial world. Um, he really was the one that said, Hey, if you're interested in this stuff, check out Warren Buffett. And that's who became like my biggest mentor ever that yeah. I never met, but I've watched everything you possibly can read every book on him. I abide by like every one of his values. And that's really what has um, helped and taught me on how to conduct business, how to invest, how to think about people and money. And um, so I guess you could say that's kind of been like the mentor for me, although ironically, I've obviously never met him. That's powerful though, man, because that's, that's huge, right? I, I think a lot of people might question the fact, like how could I learn from somebody who's a billionaire? How, like, what, how does that apply to my life? You know, because I'm right. not, maybe, maybe you don't think like, oh, I could never, I'm never going to become a, bi a billionaire or something like that. But if you go to the top like that, if you go to like the, the peak of the top of like the best of the best and then reverse engineer that, even if you're not even striving to get to their level, maybe, maybe that's not even your dream, 
but just picking sure. up the pieces of what they they lay out and and picking up through osmosis what they do and that's the beauty of that's the beauty of the internet beauty of books of of youtube that, to be able to watch those people and study them and learn from them without ever actually having to meet them so that's it's it's an unbelievable thing yeah it's and that's huge I, and i think people listening to this like that's really important to remember is that you want to shoot to the top. So don't just like go and study somebody who's relatively good in your area. Don't st- study somebody. I love it. I love that you said that. Yeah. Jump the whole way up. And then that's the way I look at it, man. It's like, now I'm not taking anything away from other people or local successful people. Absolutely. You can learn things. But at the end of the day, I want to work or I want to learn from literally the wealthiest or the best people in the world at that industry. And then I always see people, especially online, you know, going back and forth about this person or, or this person and I just don't even feel like it's it's an argument like are you ranked in the top five wealthiest people in the world no okay well I'm gonna focus on what they have to say because obviously they're doing better yeah yeah so why not go right to them uh, exactly now being young and being successful like another one of the questions I always have when when that's the situation is how did you sift through that with people that you were around, maybe friends that you had, people you were in school with, because most people don't have that mindset, right? So people are going to look at you like you're kind of weird or that you're, you know, whenever they're (laughs) out partying, maybe you're at home studying or working on something or watching uh, Warren Buffett videos or whatever that might be. So, (laughs) and I think a lot of people, and I, and honestly, I got caught up in that for a long time of like, oh, wow, none of my friends think like this. So why am I Mm -hmm. thinking like that? Right. And I, and I, I wish that talking this podcast being about like be the teacher you needed I wish I would have known at a younger age just to ignore the fact that nobody else wants to do what I want to do and I'm I'm different and actually being different is a good thing like on on that level so for you how did you is there any stories you have of manager managing your way through that or like people not understanding the mindset that you had at a younger age oh yeah I still get that today um so obviously I still have all my close friends that I you know enjoy hanging out with but you do have to sacrifice a ton of your time and you have to just straight up tell people like, no, I'm not hanging out. I have to do this. Like, no, don't come over. I'm working on this. And eventually it just became to the point where like, they knew that that's what was going to happen. Like there's like, Oh, that's Doug. He's, he's out doing his thing. He's, he's working on his business. Like it it just became kind of known. Um, I never wanted to be in like a disrespectful way, but the thing is you have to make those sacrifices and you know, who you surround yourself with is a big part of it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I had to manage my time in a way that I obviously still had some sort of a social life because like, yeah, you, you got to have some fun. Right. But it was always based off of my priority is getting what I need to done, focusing on like my goals and my business. And then any extra time after that's done, like reward myself, go out, hang out with people and have a good time. Yeah. It's so important, man, because you can waste, I wasted most of my twenties just partying and goofing off because that's what my friends do, right? <laughs> and looking back on it, it's whatever. And it's a good learning lesson. It's a good story. It's a good frame of reference to know that, you know, that's something you can go do, but you're not going to move forward faster by doing that. It's it's going to slow you down and better than, you know, I, and I don't know what your situation is, but like if you can find one or two people who have similar mindsets to you and then just double down mm-hmm. on those people instead of worrying about, you know, what all my friends are thinking, what my family thinks, like, cause people just don't get it right. They don't understand because they, when you start to like really become super passionate about something and start to be disciplined and 
dedicating your life to something, it takes over. It is so, weird. So people will say like, oh, you're obsessed with it. Like obsession is like has this bad connotation. Like it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. When you're obsessed with something and you love it, there's nothing wrong with that obsession. That just means that you want to spend all your time doing that thing because it's in your heart what you were meant to do. So that, that's exactly it, man. It comes down to, like I said, those two different mindsets and they're just different. You know, you're not going to necessarily understand the way the other person thinks and that's completely fine. Um, but you're, you're hundred percent right. And I think the one thing I got lucky with is I, it's kind of hard to explain. I deeply care how people think about me as far as my reputation, like with business, like that's the most important thing to me. I don't care about how much money I'm making. I just want to do the best thing for people, have a really good name and just, you know, add value. So I do really, really care what people think in that aspect. But I also do not care whatsoever if people think I'm weird, crazy, if I fail and they see it and I fall on my face. Like, I don't have any fears of what people will say about me in that aspect. And I think I got kind of lucky to have that mindset because the fear is what will hold a lot of people back. And, And that's just the one thing that I just really didn't care too much about what other people said. Yeah, no doubt. I, I, I was listening to uh, Grant Cardone talking and he was saying that you have to be willing to look stupid. You have to be willing yep. to look like the weirdo. You have to be willing to look like, you have to be willing to fail in front of everybody and be okay with it and be like, well, I'm just going to get back up and keep going because really there's no failure unless you, it's, it's an experiment. Unless you quit after the failure, then it's a failure. But if yes. you fail and keep moving and, and tweak things and change things and you're just experimenting and you're just learning and growing. And I think a lot of people, and especially the school system, uh, unfortunately, whether I don't think it's on mm-hmm. purpose, but it kind of sets you up as pass fail. There's like no in between, right. and uh, it's that's a it's a bad strategy to go through life with because then you feel like every time something didn't work out, it was a failure, and you know you can't pick up and, and move forward from that. So it's, it's awesome that you have that mindset. As far as rituals go, so like daily rituals, do you have stuff or habits, things that keep you uh, moving forward routines, I guess, is what I want to know about. Like, do you have a way that you get up in the morning that sets you in the right mindset? Do you have a way that you, when you get into work and you start working, do you have a certain routine or a habit that you go through that puts you where you need to be? Um, so reading helps definitely, whether in the morning or at night, um, just kind of to get my mind going. And then also, like I said, I'm a big fan of watching like educational content or even like motivational especially on in tough times, just watching, you know, other people's stories or successful people that I look up to telling their stories. Um, just anything that'll kind of get the juices flowing in my head to start the day, uh, as well as at the end of the day, because, you know, sometimes you have tough ones where you're like, all right, I'm just like ready to quit at the end of the night. And then you listen to that and you hear the stories and um, it just kind of gets you refocused again. Like, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to take on tomorrow again. Like, you know, we're going to get through this and keep it moving. Um, so really that would be the most consistent, uh, I guess you could call it rituals that I have. Um, like I said, things like staying active and and going to the gym just to relieve stress and, um, you know, taking some time to myself to think and plan. Those have really been, I guess what you could call my day-to-day activities that I do. How about books? Like what are you reading? What are the big books that have impacted you? Um, so I read a ton of books, obviously on the financial side of things, Mm -hmm. um, probably going to seem really boring to a lot of people, but it helps in my industry. Uh, So things like the intelligent investor um, obviously helped me with investing in the markets, psychology in the stock market, University of Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, Like I said, obviously 
I follow a lot of what he does and what he teaches. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tony Robbins, I like a lot of his books. Um, but lately it's been more of uh, like the video content just yeah. because it's a little bit easier as I'm, you know, working, going from place to place, whether it be on audio or on YouTube, it's just easy to digest that information as I'm doing something else. Mm-hmm. Have you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Yeah, I have. Okay. That's one. I always look at that one when somebody's like bored, they find that like financial books or, you know, investing books can be incredibly boring. Like Rich Dad, Poor Dad is my best example. And that's obviously like the best, it's the best selling investor investing book ever, I think. Uh, but right. it's so, it's so practical and it's so easy mm-hmm. to read and it's, it's super interesting. And that's one I always go to is like, read that. And, and put that in your brain and like that one is a mind shift change it'll help you to, to change the way you look at money change the way that you look at uh, business and investing and not in a boring way either I don't know if anybody yeah it's it's, it's kind of like an awakening almost yeah it's right that's definitely a great book um, for beginners and people starting out so I, I agree 100% with you I think that's a good resource for people that are thinking about making that shift or maybe they're not too happy with their current situation um, you know, think and grow rich. Those are all the classics that everyone's heard of, obviously. Yeah. And I think that, you know, in my perception and this, I don't know if this is just because this is the world that we're in. I feel like a lot more people are reading or maybe I'm just talking to a lot more people. It seems that way. Yeah. (laughs) It does seem to be, but it's like, is it because I'm talking to more of those people or is it because more people actually are? I can't tell. But, um, Anybody listening <laughs> That's to this? A good point. <laughs> anybody That's listening a good to this who doesn't read or doesn't like, and I'm not talking about reading fiction. Like you can go and read fiction right, all day right. long. You're not really going to get a whole lot out of it as mm-hmm. far as like personal growth. I don't think. I mean, I'm sure there's some fiction books out there that can really help you grow. But like Thinking Grow Rich is a classic example of like you should dive into these books if you've heard the names of the books before and you've you you thought like man I should check that out but that's not really something I really do I'm not much of a reader because that's what I used to say to myself I'm like ah you're not really a reader Rob why would you do that like it's you're just limiting yourself and, and exactly and you're you're gonna get because you're talking about YouTube videos and watching lots of videos online like I I do that as well but there's something about reading that changes you as a person it just changes. It puts you in a different category for whatever reason. It just adds another layer to who you are. And I think that everybody, if you want to grow and you want to advance, like you have to dive into that. Even if you're watching tons of documentaries that are beneficial, like it's not the same as going in and diving into like these really classic books that can help you move forward in life. Um, is that something? Did your parents read? Where did you pick up on reading from? Because most people, once they're done with school, they never want to read a book again or look at a book again. Yeah. So how did that happen? Yeah. Uh, so first off, I agree like 100% with you. Uh, the education is just so key. And I can say honestly, out of probably every like business related book, it's they're all a great investment. Sometimes people be like, I'm not going to spend money on a book. I want to buy a new pair of Jordans, right? Yeah. If you buy a $20 book, I guarantee you on one page, you're going to find some piece that'll help your business. And I've I've gotten a return on probably every single thing I've read. If I could squeeze a little bit more out of each book, mm-hmm. then it's worth it for me. Um, as far as your point on like, is everyone just reading now? <laughs> I, I think it's one, I'm the same way as you is obviously I work with business owners all day. That's kind of what I specialize in doing. So we all have, you know, that similar mindset to where we're probably reading and focusing on growing. Um, but I feel like there's kind of two categories that have been created. So obviously I'm, I'm big on looking at the macro with people between different markets and the economy and human behavior and 
different businesses. And I think that there is a huge percentage of people that are focused on developing themselves. Maybe it's because the internet shows everyone is somehow like a ripped model that makes $500,000 a year and there's no one else that exists in the world. So <laughs> right. you feel like you have to compete with that. Yeah. I don't know if that's the, the reasoning for it, but yeah. um, I definitely do notice a trend that is changing on that side of things. You're um, right, dude. I, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. I was going to say, just to answer your last question, as far as, uh, you know, where I kind of develop the, the reading habits, um, I just, whenever I get really interested in something, I have to know everything. Like, I get super laser focused. If I like something and I, I see an opportunity or value in it, I just kind of can't really stop until I master it. That's just sort of how I've always been. So it's not really like I'm forcing myself to read. It's that, hey, I want to get better in that particular craft. And this is a way that I can do that. I, I enjoy learning. I just, I don't know, I like learning about new things. Yeah, and I think what you're saying about the whole Instagram world of everybody looks like they're a multimillionaire and they're a shredded model or something like that <laughs> is it is it it can be two of it can be a, a double edged sword I guess because it can all, it can destroy your self esteem on one end exactly no it can but it can also motivate the hell out of you to want to do something more right and yep I look at social media I've I've been developing this tactic lately that I've been doing on Instagram so. I just follow, I was like, I want to, I love motivational stuff. I love leadership stuff. I love hearing just people talk about positive things. So I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm done reading all of my friends' posts. I'm done like looking at their posts and just rolling through my Instagram and wasting my time. I'm going to follow powerful people who have, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of followers. I'm going to follow big accounts that are motivational leadership accounts that have millions of followers. I'm turning the post notifications on for them. I'm double tapping on all their pictures. I'm commenting on all their posts so that whenever I get online, it's only showing me stuff that I want only to see. Only good positive things that you, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good strategy just for on a personal level, you know? And it's, it's, it's a daily thing because what we, whether you want to or not, I think most people now get up in the morning at some point, maybe you don't get on your phone right away. Hopefully you don't get on your phone right away, but at some po point during the day, you're getting on your phone and you're wasting time. So right. why not leverage that time into something positive and something that's going to like give you some education and stimulate you instead of just dumbing you down and, you know, making you angry or <laughs> like all the crap you find online, man. It's just like, it's either going to piss you off or make you depressed or, you know, make you think, wow, I want what this person has or whatever that might be. Instead, find stuff that's like gets you excited and like is something passionate that you're about you can create that world on it's very simple and I've, i i did it over the course of two weeks and i completely changed my instagram feed to where all i'm seeing is stuff that pumps me up and it's been that was about a month ago and it's just been how's like the results this, been has it affected you since it's been fantastic man i get online and i'm like just and then what will happen is i'll see somebody doing a podcast with somebody new that i found out about a quote from somebody that I never knew, a, a great piece of advice, or there's just, the, I mean, the options are endless because every post that pops up is something else that I'm like, oh, wow, either I knew that and that helps me to remind me of something that I, I know that I need to remember and I need to ha have a practice on on a daily basis, or it's introduced sure. me to somebody new and take me down a new path. So yeah, I don't, there's there's so, mu so much benefit to that, and I think that's something that a lot of people... Uh, we, we, we kind of are reactive to our social media life instead of being an active part of it and controlling it. 
I like that idea a lot because um, it is really true what what they say about your environment kind of dictates how you turn out, mm-hmm. right? And, and and you can control that on the physical level pretty easily, right? Who you hang around with, where you're going, um, you know, what you do for your career, so on and so forth. But on the internet, there's just so much stuff constantly being thrown out that it's kind of hard to um, to kind of filter that down. So. I agree hundred percent. Sometimes it does affect your mood, just looking at different things. And, um, you find yourself an hour went by and you don't even know how the hell you ended up on this page and you just wasted that time for no reason. Yeah. So if you can find a way to manage that before you get to that point, you're kind of like saving yourself from yourself a bit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they talk about your, you know, you're, you're the sum of your five best friends, like the five people you spend mm-hmm. the most time with, you're the sum of that. So I think when it comes to social media, that five friends has, quadrupled or more because sure. now you're spending time looking at so many different people make right. sure make sure they're the right people make sure it's the right stuff because that's just going to impact the rest of your day so as far as you go with that so you, we talked about mentors and you know you'd mentioned like that you didn't have necessarily uh, many mentors in person but you've had a lot that you've studied online and you've learned from right. books and stuff you mentioned warren buffett you mentioned tony robbins there and tony robbins for me is uh right up at the top of the list just an amazing across the board, everything that he teaches, I soak up. Absolutely. It's just powerful. Just such a powerful dude and introduces you to so many other powerful people. So who else is on that list for you that you've really learned from throughout the years? Um, in the finance world, Ray Dalio. Um, he's the largest hedge fund manager. Um, I think he manages like $160 billion or something ridiculous. Uh, Mark Cuban. Um, uh, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank and Gary Vaynerchuk on the kind of the marketing side of things. Mm-hmm. So more more re- relative to like the investment management world, but all entrepreneurial based people. Yeah, Ray Dalio. So I was reading. I'm sure you've read Money Master the Game from Tony Robbins. Is that have you dove into that at all? Yeah, I was that his most recent one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think Unbreakable or Un- Unshakable, whatever it was called. Or no, was his most Unbreakable recent, is but... the one that I got. I don't. I don't okay. know if I've seen that one, unless it was his older one. That's I, when I, I got. What the titles are I got introduced to Ray Dalio through that book, and I looked into him. And I oh yeah, yeah. There is. There, he talks about him like half throughout half the book. Yeah. Yeah, and it's. I mean, unbelievable, man. I mean, because what what like that book does, and what we're talking about books, right? Like, you're going into somebody's life, and you're they're they're dissecting every piece of the puzzle that this person has gone through to construct what they've built, right? So you can go through and and get all these little nuggets of information. Like you said, man, you can pick up a book and read one page and that one page can impact a huge part of your life, a huge part of your business. And you can just go back and read that same page over and over and over again. Like there's... There's so much there, there's so much benefit to that. And you can't just like pick up a movie and watch that one minute or the documentary and watch that one right. minute. But you can grab a book and, and stick to that page. So I think that's really important, man. It's important to to get that in, in your mind too and to to keep that practice going. I think that's really uh, something powerful. I always look at these podcasts, like what can people walk away with? Like how can you walk away from sure. this thing and like implement something right away? So with what you're saying right there, like go and look up Ray Talia, look up what he's done. And even if you're not into, here's the thing, like even if you're not into finance, even if you're not into the, the world that you're in and that's not your interest, you need to understand money, right? Like you've got to exactly. understand how yeah, money Yeah, no matter works. whether you're nine to five or owning your own business, money is going to be a part of your life. So you have to understand that. I, I feel like everyone has to, at some level, understand 
money and people mm-hmm. because those are two things you're not going to really be able to avoid. Um, healthcare is another big one. I don't really know a lot about it just because it's like, I don't know, it's just kind of not, not a field that I'm really interested in. I'm not the type of person like, I never want to go to a hospital, so I don't really even want to think about that <laughs> stuff. But in general, you know, money, health, and um, and communication and people are kind of like the the foundation that no matter what you're doing, you're going to have to need to use that in your life. So you deal with a lot of business people. What was what is a piece of a, a people advice, piece of tip you would give to somebody who's like, yep, in, in, in not saying like they're going in and trying to sell somebody on something, even like just in day to day life when you're dealing with people, what is sure. a piece of advice you'd throw out? The first thing I realized early on in business is everyone naturally is selfish and thinking about themselves. So I wanted to flip the script and I said, realistically, when I'm going to this meeting, you're thinking about what's best for you and I'm thinking about what's best for me. I'm going to give you before even worrying about myself. So for instance, if it was like, you know, you're in business and you, uh, you meet up with like a local vendor and they're like, Hey, we should maybe work together on a referral basis. Really what that person's saying is, Hey, I want to meet with you and I want you to give me a referral. (laughs) So I was that guy. I would go there. I would say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to meet with you, have a conversation if, you know, if things went well, and then I would give them business first. And that would be my judgment to see, okay, do they do anything in return? And I would just always give, give, give first. And then if they actually stuck with it and gave me something in return, I'd be like, okay, that's someone I'm going to add to my my list of people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the first thing, whether it's, whether it's in sales or just dealing with people in general, you know, being respectful, giving them something first, adding value to them will go a long way. Even if it doesn't turn into an immediate sale, or, or anything at the very worst, you're going to have a good reputation. They're going to look at you in a good light. And maybe three months down the road, you can use some kind of help from them. I'm sure they will help you out because of what you did for them. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. What is something, if somebody's worried about sparking up conversation, they want to meet somebody, they want to be introduced to somebody, they don't know how to get that ball rolling. It seems like something that you are uh, probably especially good at introducing yourself and and getting conversation started what's your tactic on on something like that if you want to meet somebody but you don't quite right. know how to get in there yeah so a lot of people just are stuck at fear like they feel it's awkward to ask that question like i said i kind of got lucky and not really caring and especially <laughs> when you're in i guess you could call it a sales but you'll say like a you know working with people yeah. in a sales type role you just get used to that that level of of um, being uncomfortable so for me I always want to focus on one, do I actually think that I can do something to help them, right? So just because I see that somebody has a ton of money doesn't mean that like they're a good fit. So I want to make sure I can actually add value in one way or another. Two is I like to work based off of some kind of warm introduction that I can create. So for instance, I work with tons of business owners. Um, let's say that I, I found a new, a new business in Pittsburgh that would make a great client for me in one of, one of my companies, right? What I would do is I would try to find as much information as I can. There's an unbelievable amount of resources, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. You can find out about probably the owner. You could find their contact information, who they're connected with, et cetera, and then work backwards, right, to find out a little bit about them. But more importantly, who do they know? Mm -hmm. So I was so big on networking. My goal was just to know and help as many people as humanly possible and just keep spreading that web. 
right? So then for instance, if I go back to that business, I could say, oh, you know what? We have a mutual contact in this person. I also work with them. You know, I'm sure you're probably completely set. You know, I'm not interested in pitching you on anything, but I just want to see if there's any reason why we can't get together, have a quick conversation, see if I can add any value to your business. Because mm-hmm. um, then you're kind of making it a little bit less awkward. You're saying, hey, we have a mutual contact or we have a mutual friend and you're already taken off off the board that you're not trying to pitch them or sell them on anything because people just naturally they're they're guarded right so if you could try and take that down it makes it a lot easier to start that introduction and then actually do what you say you're going to do yeah don't go to a meeting and then immediately say okay bye 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 like i go to a meeting with a blank piece of paper and just have a conversation you know yeah and that's the biggest piece <laughs> man that's such an important part of it is you walk in the word networking I, I like i hate the word networking because it just makes me feel like i'm in there trying to sell and somebody's it's trying such to a sell fraud, me yeah <laughs> it's so goofy dude so go in like just having conversations you're exactly right like go into something sparking up conversation i just i had a meeting before you and i uh got on this this call to do this podcast and half of the meeting was talking about the one guy's trip to iceland like we talked about that for like 20 minutes, you know, and it wasn't like that I was, it wasn't like a, a, a planned thing to talk yeah. about things that weren't business to get into the business conversation. It was just like, I was genuinely interested. Like just have He's building a relationship, yeah, have yeah. genuine, inter- have genuine interest in people, have genuine interest in talking to people and getting to know people like that will take you further than anything else. It'll make you a better salesman. It'll make you just a better person in general. Like there's a concept, just becoming a better person because that means a lot to your life in general (laughs) than trying to sell somebody on something. Um, And you said a couple of things a couple of times throughout here that uh, that for me pop up a lot, like giving value, right? Tony Robbins always talks about giving value. Like he always talks Mm -hmm. about serving and giving value. So you've got to give people, and this is whether it's in person it's especially important if you're trying to do social media and you're trying to do social media right. It's especially it's incredibly important because people are very guarded in person. They're even more guarded online because they don't know what they're getting themselves into. So the more value you can offer to people, the more you can give them before ever asking for anything, you're going to be better off in the long run, hands down. So like there's this Dan Kennedy's this uh, legendary marketing dude. And his strategy, it's a simple formula. It's 85%, whatever, 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 uh, if you're giving out content or if you're just interacting with somebody, if you give out 85% of PBS, which is like 85% of value, free value, <clears throat> you're helping them. And then 15% of the time, it's more QVC where you're just selling them on something. They're going to take that 15% because they, they already know and recognize how much you've already tried to help them with all the value. So that's, yeah, I mean, you're you're a trusted contact from the beginning. And that is kind of something that I I realized early on, like even before it became a big thing with like Gary Vee saying, just give value and, you know, Tony Robbins and all these people like shouting it out on social media now is the one thing is when you're in business, you kind you have to deal with prospecting, right? No one wants to cold call. No one wants to go door knocking. No one wants to bother people. So for me, I would, I would rather work backwards and I wanted people to come to me. Now, obviously through the mix, you kind of do have to do that annoying stuff to keep, you know, keep the lights on, so to speak, and, and have the business running. But I learned that people will, one, they'll flock to you because of like a, a personal relationship. So you were going back to like how you communicated with that client and talked about their trip and just had a good conversation. They probably enjoyed working with you. 
So the one that I always found this out when I first started in the financial business, I was like a young guy, 21, 22 years old. I looked like I was probably 16. Um, and it made no sense. Although I did believe that I know what I'm talking about. I've been doing it for a while, but it made no sense to me that people would literally be willing to give me their life savings to manage <laughs> as opposed to like some 65 year old guy with gray hair, <laughs> right. but it was because of a relationship, right? Yeah. And that's the thing that I learned early on in business is if you're willing to actually create that bond with people, one, they're going to be more interested in working with you. And two, for me, I would rather work with a hundred people in four different ways than 400 people in one way. Yeah. Because then once you have that relationship built, you can do other things with them. If you provide good service, you're actually helping them. Um, they're going to want to work with you consistently long-term and probably not leave based off of something like price or someone knocking on their door to pitch them. Right. Yeah. Um, and then kind of going back to what you said about adding value first is the educational key is huge. So if you can like consistently throw something out there, that's going to really help people with their business or, you know, whatever your client base is, customer base is, they're going to look at you as the educator or the master to where they're just going to come to you because they have more questions. Mm -hmm. Right. If you're constantly calling people and saying, Hey, let me help you. They don't even know who the heck you are. There's not really a need, but if they say, Hey, I've been watching you for the past year and a half and I've learned a little bit, I'd like to do this more. I'm more focused on this. Can you help me? And then you don't have to prospect. They come to you. Yeah. And people are going to wonder like, so I'm speaking strictly from a social media standpoint, but like there's so many people out there doing the same thing online, right? So you'd wonder, and I I just had this question last week uh, from a, a client and they were just asking me like, Cause I was, I was telling them like, Hey, you can go online and just reverse engineer stuff. Right. I mean, if somebody's already done something successful, go in, mm-hmm. see what they've done and then, you know, work it out in your own way, but, but kind of copy the content. It's not, not stealing. You're just, you're, right. you're, they, they didn't, they didn't invent the content. You know, you're just kind of doing what they've just done. From the somebody else. Right. Because everybody's going to be attracted to a personality over information most of the time, right? If somebody has really powerful information, you're going to want that mm-hmm. information, but two people could say the same thing and you're going to be more attracted to the way one person said it because they're, you're more uh, accustomed to their personality. You, you gel with them better. So right. I, I think that across the board, yeah, that's really important to, to remember is that the, it's, the, it's the way you present yourself. It's the way you build relationships. It's, and it's being authentic, too. Like, that's the most important thing. It's like, you got to be, you got to know what you're talking about. But you also have to be genuinely authentic. And if you are, that comes across. People pick up on it. People can tell. And it, that's going to take you a lot, a lot further than just trying to create this person that you think people want to see. Um, and the other thing that you said that kept coming up, you said, you, you mentioned a couple, a couple of times, flipping the script, right? So yep. uh, the, the term, the, the technical term, I guess, is inversion. So inversion is huge and, and inversion is so important because it's taking something that doesn't work, right? But if you flip it around the other way, you're going to change everything and it's going to, it's going to work magically. And I wish I could remember exactly what you said you were flipping the script on, but I, I try to use inversion so much in, in my life and business in general because there's certain things that there's this great saying um, that there's usually something that's right in front of you, that's right in front of your face that could change your life or, or, or really benefit you, but you don't even recognize that it's right there. So if you can take that thing and look at it from a different perspective, it could help you in, in an incredible way. It could change everything. Yeah. yeah. 
unfortunately me saying this earlier i had a perfect example in my mind now i forgot it completely so i wish <laughs> i wish i could throw it out I there get, i understand what you're saying though <laughs> i Absolutely. guess i guess a good example would be like i'm i'm a in radio right so my radio career I always looked at it like if I want to be a, a successful radio DJ, I got to travel all over the country and bounce around from station to station, and it's going to be this this living out of a bag kind of life. But the world we live in now, and I've I, I'm right now currently inverting this process. Is I left radio, started this company, mm-hmm. got back into radio, and now I'm working for a company, but they don't pay me. I just get my own sponsors. And my sponsors pay me to do the show, so the station's happy because they don't have to pay me any money. And I'm happy because I'm making more money off sponsors than I would ever make working for the station. And that's a exactly. And that's a, like a model you, you could replicate again and again and again anywhere I, I, I take it. So it's, that's just an example of like, take something that seems like you're stuck or you're locked in. If you just figure out a way to turn that around to your benefit, it could open up uh, so many doors. It's all about yeah, pivoting. It's all about pivoting, yeah. And finding win-wins. So finding like... How am I going to win and somebody else is going to win? And the more wins you can add to a situation, the more it, the better chances of it working are. Right. Um, Doug, yeah. go ahead, man. Sorry. I was going to say, I, I like everything that you're saying. I, I found that through time, it's, it's a little bit of a lonely, um, a lonely route, but I try to do the opposite of what people are doing. Yeah. Like, for instance, if I see all the money rolling one way, I know that things are probably not going to go so good just based off of history. So I'm going to go the opposite. Right. And same with anything else, man. So like thing, like things like real estate, I see every single person hopping in the market. I'm totally done investing unless it's like a crazy <laughs> deal. I, I'm just out of the market. Right. And then when I see opportunities, like if everyone leaves the stock market and the market tanks, I'm salivating because then that's my opportunity. Yeah. So the thing with business and especially in investing is like you said, you kind of have to invert and and focus on what other people aren't doing or just look at things from a different way. And that's normally where, where the um, fortunes are. Yeah. And that's something that uh, it, you have to practice that you have to train yourself for that. Right. Because usually w- when people are all running towards something, the masses run towards that thing as well. Yeah, it's psychology, right? Yeah. Your, your brain automatically, you know, wants to go with the group. So is that something you learned? Did you learn that? Or is that something you learned from like Warren Buffett from studying him? Or is that something you is like inherently kind of new? Totally learned that. I had to learn and, and practice that. Again, that kind of goes to this, the psychology in the stock market. Mm-hmm. And then I just learned that that is kind of applicable in other areas and industries and businesses. But yeah, that's a skill that, I mean, it's, it's hard because it's natural human nature. Like it still is difficult for me. Um, but it's just one of those things that if you can manage your emotions and manage that thought process, that's where you can really differentiate yourself. Yeah. And, and not be worried about the instant gratification, right? Like right. I know that initially this isn't going to pay off, but it's going to pay off down the road if I stick with it instead exactly. of getting that's, the payoff right away. I, I forget who made the saying. I think it's, um, you have to be impatient to take action, but patient to let it develop or something along those lines where it's Dude, like yeah yeah a lot of people are, uh, won't take the leap they'll, they'll be too too patient on taking the leap but then they'll want it to be done immediately the key is to be impatient as hell jump in and do it no matter what like just do it and then take the time and patience to let it develop over time i'm so glad you said that man i've never heard anybody else talk about that i learned it from ty lopez so i don't know who else has talked about it but like it's there there's two kinds of people there's ips and pis so most people are patiently impatient 
They're patient. I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. They're they're patient to start something. They'll take forever to get something going. And then once they start it, right. they they're impatient. They want it to just work right away. And that's the way most of society is. But if you can be an IP where you're impatient to start something, you start it immediately, and then you're patient to see it out and to see it work. That's that's that, when that's when all the magic happens. Yeah, yeah, that's the investor mindset, man. That's that's so cool because I, I love that and I, I think that that's such a simple formula. I've I've impl- implemented that in many pieces of my life. Like, am I being patiently impatient, or am I being impatiently patient? And when you break mm-hmm. it down in that simple of a form, it makes uh, decision making a lot easier. Like, am I diving into this thing and trying to just win right away? If I'm doing that, I'm I'm probably doing the wrong thing. If I'm diving right. into it because I'm, I'm passionate about it and I like it and I'm willing to see it out to where it's going to go, then most likely it's going to work out. So at the very least, you'll learn from it. So that's that's the way I look at it. You either win or you learn, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Doug, awesome talking to you, man. So uh, at the end here, anything else you want to throw in? How can people contact you if you want them to get a hold of you to learn more about you uh, or anything else you want to say? Go ahead and, and toss it in. Yeah. So first off, thank you so much, man, for having me on here. Definitely enjoyed the conversation and love what you're doing. Um, as far as anyone uh, looking to reach out, I am going to be doing a really big launch for my consulting and my personal branding for anything on you know, helping you on a business development side to a marketing, um, you know, financial planning type of things. Uh, you could reach me directly on Instagram at, at Pittsburgh Investor. Uh, I am launching the website at thepittsburghinvestor.com. The Pits, That's getting finished. And then obviously anywhere else on social media, uh, shoot me a message, follow me, reach out however you feel comfortable. Very cool. Congratulations on the Pittsburgh Investor name too, by the way. That's like a, that's a clutch uh, handle to have. That's nice. <laughs> Little uh, internet real estate there. I never would have thought it would have been valuable, but now I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah, man, that's good. Well, Doug, awesome talking to you. Thank you so much. Good luck with everything, everything you're doing. Congratulations on all the success. Uh, obviously, you've got a great mindset, and I look forward to see what you do in the future, man. So thanks a lot. Likewise. Thank you so much, buddy. Very cool conversation with my man, Doug Rabel, the Pittsburgh investor. I hope you got a lot out of that. I'm just, I'm jealous right now going over that bio. bio. I'm still thinking like, dude, he paid off his college tuition in cash each semester. Put that in your brain. That is all about being the teacher you needed. Like this guy has that part of life figured out. And that's why I had him on the podcast. I hope that you enjoyed that. Please follow him at the Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh Investor. Okay, at Pittsburgh Investor on Facebook and Instagram. Doug Rabel on LinkedIn. You can email him at Rabel Realty Investments at gmail.com or the Pittsburgh Investor.com. That website is under construction right now. By the time of the release, though, it might be up. If you like the podcast, if you like what we're doing here, spreading the word of being the teacher you needed, please subscribe rate, review, talk to me. I'd love to hear from you if you listen. Find me on Facebook and Instagram, Rob Z Radio. Twitter is Rob Z Yo. YouTube is Rob Z Show. You have 80,000 thoughts flying through your head per day. Make sure they're good ones. Get the bad ones out. Put the good ones in and put some good knowledge into your mind and into your body as well. Change your body with DDP Yoga. DDPYoga.com. I'm telling you right now, watch the testimonials. My testimonial was one, but listen... They're a sponsor of the podcast. I want you to see testimonials from people who aren't sponsors, who just are talking about how great this program is because they've gone through it and it's changed their life. Go to ddpyoga.com. Watch those testimonials, especially if you're a weightlifter. Watch those testimonials. It will blow your mind. 
all right? If you're overweight, if you're stiff, if you're broken down in any way, ddpyoga.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. I sincerely appreciate it. I sincerely appreciate you and your passion, your dedication to learn and to grow. We'll talk to you next time. See ya. This is Rob Z Radio.